0: there. Welcome to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. This is Laura Camacho and I am welcoming you today. We have a great guest as always. Today's guest is named Jenny Sevilla or if you speak Spanish it would be Sevilla which is a great city in Spain. She's a financial planner and she's going to talk about talking about money and how you know you can use communication to make more money at work, right? That's my world. That's what I help people do is to present themselves more accurately and to get recognized for the value that they're already adding. And Jenny's going to talk about, you know, how if you don't talk about money you and think about it and make plans and be proactive you might jeopardize your finances, even if you're making lots of money, because m- making money and holding on to it are not the same thing. And as we're recording this, it's a really interesting time as we've just had two banks go under, and everybody says that it's going to be fine. But of course, it makes you wonder banks going under is not an everyday happening. But before we get into today's topic, I want to remind you that my website has changed, the branding has changed a little bit, but we're still helping people communicate better, still helping people have better cultures in their organizations and their parts of the organization. We still have our communication style assessment. However, the website is now called www.speakupwithlaura.com. And the email is now hello at speakupwithlaura.com. So please keep in touch. If you know I liked, you know, like to hear from you and you know, talk about what's really going on. Sometimes I feel like, you know, if how Catholic priests have to hear everybody's problems and the thing, the bad things they've done. Well, my clients, of course, they're not telling me the bad things they've done usually. But they're telling me the bad things other people have done. (laughs) So so I have a very unique, to use that, not very good expression, a unique perspective on what's going on in corporate America. And one more thing I want to tell you with all the change, new website, new email, it's been absolutely bonkers here. But I, I work hard not to let it get to me and not to stress out, of course, I try not to drink too much. It is Lent. I have cut back on drinking during the week and, but there's something else that I do to keep my brain in shape and it's not something to buy, not selling you something, (laughs) but I want you to know what I, this, the links that I go to, to stay sharp for my audience, because I want you to get so much value out of these conversations that you get to listen to and so much value that you ask yourself, how is that free? Like, I really don't know. So one of the things I do is I switched my, the language on my phone to French. Well, I, I say that I speak pretty good French. I will also add to that that my stepdaughter, whose first language is actually French, her mother's French. She doesn't understand me when I speak French, so but I still speak it. And the fact that she doesn't understand me is probably her problem, right? So I read it probably better than I speak it. So, you know, I've learned things like telecharger means to download and is a new tab and lots of interesting vocabulary like that. But these phones that we have today, they think they're so smart. So both Instagram and sometimes LinkedIn like they change the content. They translate the posts into French, which I can get through. But for heaven's sake, it takes me forever. And I didn't ask them to do that. Isn't that crazy? So sometimes I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. And today I was looking at LinkedIn and you know how you get these spam messages all the time, or at least I do. One of them I answered in French. I don't even know what I said. I said something like enchanté, or merci beaucoup, but and something else, even though his message was in English. So anyway, I thought that was funny. So I don't like my I had my phone on you, know, like not to bother me during this interview, and it says, Ne pas déranger, do not bother in French. So now, I will stop talking and bring you our guest. Let me tell you just a little bit about her. We met through mutual friends. She is one of the few guests who is located in Charleston. Now, I live in Mount Pleasant, and she lives, I think, on John's Island and has her business on John's Island or James Island. So so we're in different, it's like different boroughs if you live in New York. Uh, Charleston has these different areas like Mount Pleasant, John's Island and James Island and West Ashley. So I think of them as the boroughs of New York. And we met through a friend. We actually have a supplier in common and we met up downtown. It was lovely. And she's super interesting, super helpful. So that's why I'm bringing her to you. Jenny Sevilla or Sevilla and she is a you know a, a legit financial planner she's associated with some firm i don't remember the name of it but she, her the thing that she has created is called money moods so if you have any issues around talking around money or talking about money or making financial decisions that can actually impede your career so we're going to talk about that So Jenny, it's great to see you again and welcome again to the Speak Up with Laura Camacho podcast. We're happy to have you. I've, you know, been telling the audience, our smarties out there, how interesting you are. Tell us your path to becoming a finance expert for individuals. Well, you, I guess you serve individuals, right? Only. I do. I do. I work with employers as well from a group
1: standpoint, but primarily it isn't on the individual advice side. The journey was following my gut, I guess would be the best way to describe it. I entered by way of life insurance sales, mm-hmm. to put it candidly. It was It's a common entry point into the industry as a whole and went in with some sales experience. Therefore, I was an ideal candidate. It did not come natural to me, however. This, the model for the entry point was around selling, and my, my natural tendency was to educate and to develop relationships. So, my conversations went very wide and very deep. And so, I didn't sell quickly. Which was okay. not ideal,
0: right? <laughs> right, was, right. It was not an ideal they, model, right? Yeah. It does, that it, sounds very hard, by the way. I mean, especially what you're 22 years old and you're out telling people, well, you're going to die. So yeah. <laughs> let's prepare. I mean, it just sounds a little incongruent, but
1: I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and as my my experience with the industry kept, you know, I started learning more and more areas about money. I realized that it was a very small portion of the conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I saw the importance of it. I saw the value of the conversation, but There were so many other factors I wanted to bring in, so I failed. I was a failure. I was the failed life insurance salesperson. I'm sure there's listeners out there. They're like, "Oh yeah, I did a stint in that too," you know. (laughs) You're not alone, (laughs) right? Ninety percent of people who who get into the industry fail within the first five years. Oh, okay. Ninety percent. It's high. It's not for everyone, right? So I left, went to another firm that I thought was going to be a little different. Same thing, got some more licensing, but I still had that heavy feeling Mm -hmm, that did not mm -hmm. give me any satisfaction. I spoke with a therapist, we discovered some things going on, and I kind of had that aha moment of this isn't for me. Let's see what else is out there. Right. I stumbled my way back into a temp agency who said, Oh, I have the perfect place for you, which was back in the industry as a support (laughs) role. It wasn't sexy at all, but I said, you know. I'm just going to follow the path. Good. Four and a half years later, after being in that same role, I gained more licensing. I started my credentialing. I took the courses. I would wake up at 4.30 in the morning with a toddler in the room next mm. door, studying, taking practice exams, grinding coffee beans in the garage so I didn't wake anyone up. I mean, you know, you do what you do to, to get by and testing on my, my breaks. So when I finally got all all of that done, I came back and said, I'm ready for my own practice, but there was no place for me there. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I exited that role and went out on my own, stumbled through, finally figured out I need a business coach Mm -hmm. and a coach Mm -hmm. who brought me up to speed of who I want to service, what Mm -hmm. I want to do and how I want to do it. And here we are with Money Moons.
0: That is so cool. I love that story. And by the way, She brought up the topic, uh, which was not on our agenda, but I'm just going to add a little two cents to toddlers because one of my daughters is staying with me. She's been here two weeks and she's leaving tomorrow. She has this precious almost, no, 15 months. She's today 15 months. They're insane. I mean, you're dealing with a completely (laughs) wacko little person who's trying to kill herself (laughs) 70 (laughs) times a day. I'm like, how do people do that? And so I can just Mm -hmm. imagine, yeah, if you have a toddler, and so those of you who have toddlers at home, I salute you. Mm -hmm. Even I offered even to my newsletter audience a free coffee, a free Starbucks on me (laughs) if you're parenting a toddler, because I forgot. I raised three, but I forgot Mm -hmm. how absolutely just is there just beyond all reason. So, anyway, I can just imagine that you had to study when the toddler was not awake and in the house. (laughs) Exactly. So good for you. (laughs) That's great. And it speaks to persisting. And there was obviously something about the financial industry that. Mm -hmm. kept calling you as like a little magnet, just like for me, you know, things that relate to language and self-improvement and career development. You know, my first experience in this, in my world was young. I was a facilitator for the seven habits of highly effective people in Caracas, Venezuela, in Spanish. And that kind of set the path. So even though we change you know you can change companies I think that there's a theme that we all have that kind of follows us and, and our job is to develop that theme and yours mm-hmm. is helping people around money right so what is the right. problem like what is the problem that you fix as a finance I mean you help people invest their money but I know that muddy moods goes way beyond that It does. And it was, it's
1: the missing piece of the financial plan that I was recognizing year after year, meeting after meeting. I kept seeing all of these couples having dysfunction in their money habits and having a difficult time having the conversation with their financial advisor about it. I was always the silenced person in the room as a support role. My job was to do the homework to do the hard stuff, to do the analyzing. And when I was there to see the conversations, I could see there was a broken system going on. We weren't addressing the root of the problem, which was the behavior. Money Moods is focusing on the behavior first, getting a baseline so that you have good habits, you understand why you feel the way you do in certain instances. If you're panicking over the market, then you probably shouldn't be there. Or you shouldn't be looking at it every day. You have to address the panic first mm-hmm. about what's going on. If you need the money today, you're probably panicking, right?
0: Okay, so, right. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it, please go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say I, I I wanted you to continue, but there's two things you've just you know laid out some wisdom bombs there, and one is you know the fear, and, and mm-hmm. I think fear is the underlying issue around the money but that same fear like if people can't talk to their financial advisor how can they ask their boss for a raise mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and so i want you to talk about that and i want you to tell us you know as we're speaking a big bank has failed and should we be worried about that mm-hmm. so both those are two issues i'll let you take them in the order that you wish absolutely well let, let's go to the conversation with
1: your financial advisor I've been told many times, you're almost like a therapist. <laughs> While I don't have the mm-hmm. credentialing for a therapist, I do get into that conversation and understand what is the raw emotion that's behind, what's driving this behavior? Is it a spending habit? Is, a need, is it a need to give away? Is it a need to hold on to? All, and all of that is what formed Money Moods, where I've identified the five moods and the five mm-hmm. behavior patterns behind them. So the conversation with your financial advisor, if it's not as deep as you feel it should go, then you're probably with the wrong advisor. Okay, guys. Yes. Many people walk away from that conversation going, I really don't know what we talked about. And Ah. I hear that from women so many times where I just sat there and listened. And to me, it's so natural. Like I saw so many years ago at at the very beginning of my career. I want that conversation to go in many different directions. I want to hear about your relationship with other family members. I want to hear about your relationship with your spouse or partner. You know, what do you see your children's future being? So that conversation is very important to me
0: Mm -hmm. and understanding
1: Mm -hmm. the roots of it, which drives everything when it comes to money. Mm -hmm.
0: Right, right, right. So I would think, yes, if you think that you have a hard time talking about money with Somebody, I mean, you don't want to talk about it with your barista at Starbucks, but you do want to talk about it with your financial <laughs> planner at work or your independent person and your spouse or partner. So if you're not able to do that, you need it, it, behooves you to check into that because I promise you it is affecting other parts of your life. I promise you that. And then, Definitely. and then, and the good, and the flip side is that. Is that if you fix that, you will have like more confidence in other areas of your life. That's one of the things that has. I guess it. I heard it, but I didn't believe it until I saw it and experienced it. Mm -hmm. It's just like having money in the bank is confidence because you're not so dependent on what happens if I lose my job. And so, Jenny, I know this is not part of our planned agenda. Should we be worried about the banking industry?
1: So many things point to yes. However, what just happened I think is very much a one-off situation. You know, you always need to pull the curtain behind curtain and look behind the scenes and understand who you're working with and how they're operating. Do your homework. In this case, this is a very large bank and unfortunately, I think they made some very poor decisions. Mm-hmm. on the management of funds. The current economic state has been a driving force of that with rising interest rates, which in turn will cause bond prices to drop. you know, Unfortunately, very conservative investors saw tremendous losses over the last year. That was just an, a product of what happened with interest rates. And so with the bank Some concern, yes, but I think this is a time to educate yourself around what is FDIC. How does that insurance apply to you? And I think it's an an eye-opener to understand there are ways to protect investors, but there are limits on what is protected. So um, yeah, this is a learning
0: experience for everyone. Absolutely. Because I know there's a cohort of young professionals who were probably in college, maybe in 2008. And so all they've seen is up, 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 And now, oh, it's not doing that, but that's normal. That is normal. The market goes up, the market goes down. And that's why you want to put your money in, you want to diversify and you want to have intelligent conversations about money. So let's take the topic of delicate conversations like how do you get people to spill the tea? You know, when you can tell they're kind of dancing around it and not saying it, just give us a fictional scenario of how that sounds in case it sounds too familiar and, you know, how you would approach that. I find this in many conversations I have where if a client
1: comes in, begins working with me, and I'm seeing that there's a cash flow issue. You know, what is so difficult about putting aside a hundred, a thousand, whatever that number is each month. Let's talk through that behavior. And it's then that I'm really able to see, oh, there's more credit card debt here than what was originally disclosed. And so it, it all begins with that cash flow analysis of getting in there and talking about what's coming in, what's going out. Do you know where your money went? And many times when there's a cash flow issue, the answer is no.
0: So wow, that's, that's... I'm surprised this because mm-hmm. these are you know white-collar workers, college educated people, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I'm surprised that well, I'm very conservative. My said daughter of said toddler has been organizing my kitchen and she it accuses me of hoarding soy sauce containers from the <laughs> Chinese food takeout that we get. And so maybe that's my category, <laughs> soy sauce hoarder. She threw it all out and now I don't have any. Uh, the squirrel effect, which is the
1: term that I actually use. I see the good behavior is I'm going to put a little bit here. I'm going to put a little bit here. And you create all of these beautiful buckets, right? Some people, it comes so naturally and saving is just a daily activity, right? Oh, I got a little bit extra. I'm going to put a little more over here. The flip side of that behavior is what I call the spontaneous money mood where money comes in and it goes out by the end of the month. We don't even know where it went. And so the the behavior shift is let's tell the money where to go instead of wonder where it
0: went, right? Oh yeah, definitely. And does that correlate with personality or is, there, is it just not not that... Just depends not, on too many factors. Really, that's right. That's right.
1: So there's the answer mm-hmm. where I'm finding where I don't get all of the information up front because I really get into the cash flow is mm-hmm. how I'm able to discover the real issues behind the money. Because that's the thing, you could go to a financial planner, not tell all of the details, get a financial plan and it goes on the shelf and it's you know out of date in six months because things change. So I wanted to really put on the forefront the value of cash flow analysis, understanding it, know your habits, Mm -hmm, good good and bad, Mm -hmm. and then develop those buckets and saving strategies and long-term goal planning after the fact.
0: Right. So in the end, you're solving a problem, not you know, shaming somebody for spending too much at Neiman Marcus, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. So, so Jenny, now I'm going to put you on the spot. So, you know, our audience, they're, you know, program managers and directors of finance and a lot of tech and lots of different people out there. I don't think there's any financial planners, although it would be interesting to know, did anybody ever try to sell life insurance? Let me know. (laughs) What is your advice or to help us with asking questions or that at work, I'm talking about the work context that, that nobody seems to be asking, you know, those elephants in the room. What is your take? And if you can give us an example of how to bring up topics that seem to be like nobody wants to talk about them. From the employer standpoint, or just the manager, you know, it could be a team lead. It could be a senior manager. It could be a director and they're seeing, well, I talked to a client yesterday. I will not say the company, but somebody, there was somebody uh, missing $600,000. Oh, yes. <laughs> and people had not brought it up <laughs> until mm. a young person who was the person I was talking to, you know, we, we were talking about that but clearly there had been there must have been warning signs six hundred thousand dollars doesn't just you know disappear, disappear. unaccounted for from one day to the next right mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. somebody wasn't watching the money
0: yeah, mm-hmm. and, and and I think in the company, I mean, it's a big company. Everybody would recognize, know the name. There, people had to have seen or suspected or something. Something, you know? mm-hmm. and yet nobody said anything. No one talked
1: about it. Well, you know, there there are some really interesting statistics out there about how much payroll loss you experience because your workforce is worried about money, mm-hmm. right? Oh, really? No, tell me, tell us about that. There's. Uh, yeah. I don't know the number offhand, but yeah, this- how folks are, are carrying around the stress about money is affecting mm-hmm. the workforce. How am I going to afford this student loan payment? Yeah, yeah, um, that makes sense. Not understanding student loan payments. There are so many different options to choose from, and there's a lot of people that make the wrong decisions about how to repay their student loans. And so I think the education around being prepared whenever you begin working after graduation there's a missing link there yes going for sure going into the loan there should be more education about yes that too.
0: yes yes so true so how many are you going to pay it back they don't even mm-hmm. think about that they don't even think about it
1: and in many times that's a mortgage if you really look at paying this thing off in 10 years if you you've got to pay a hundred thousand dollar loan back in 10 years it's a mortgage payment that's so terrible It's terrible. And so there's missing links to the decisions that are being made right now. The financial products, people transitioning into retirement, they've bought all these products along the way, and then Mm -hmm. they get to the finish line and don't even know what they own.
0: Wow. Um, Yeah.
1: So that's another missing link for people trying to transition from the workforce into a retirement or some next chapter, whether it's scaling back into part-time or whatnot understanding the the link between getting to Medicare at age 65, when do you take Social Security, all of those financial literacy topics have been lost in translation along the past couple of decades that I feel, whose place is it to teach this? Is it the employers? It could be, but it's really up to the individual investor. To go out and find uh, you the have, right education.
0: You have mm-hmm. to want to learn this stuff. I mean, I, I like South Carolina has just put in a requirement for graduating from high school. There's some little course you have to take on basic mm-hmm. life finance. That's good. That doesn't mean, that is not equivalent to a sound financial plan for your life. It is a mm-hmm. beginning. So yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, you're, you should look... Learn some from your parents and learn some from school and your boss, but at the end mm-hmm. of the day, it's your money and it's your life. So yes. why, 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 what is the root cause of this? Like, why do we not know? And why is it so, like, weird to talk about it? It is.
1: Think about all of the the taboos that you don't talk about. I mean, we know at Thanksgiving you stay away from politics and religion, right? Right, Money is just one of those topics that creates this bubble of discomfort. It's always being a comparison figure sometimes in different you know groups of people, you know, status symbols, which I tied to the dreamy money mood.
0: And, oh, okay. does,
1: and And those behaviors behind that tendency of I want you to see that I'm driving a great car and have this beautiful handbag and check out these new shoes, and everything is, you know, in season. So these other moods where guarded money mood, which is my dominant mood, by the way, mm-hmm. I like to hold on to my money as tight as possible. And it's so <laughs> hard to let it go, right? Yeah. Yes. You know, those moods don't always jive together. Dreamy right. and guarded. No. So, it,
0: so it, tell, it, tell us the five mm-hmm. real quick. I mean, I, I know that's part of your education, but you know, for people to listen and get an idea of what their money mood is. Like, where does the soy sauce hoarder fall into? (laughs) I'm I'm guessing you're
1: a guarded money mood. (laughs) For sure. And that's holding onto the money. That's the good thing. Guarded money mood is typically really good at saving, squirreling the money into different accounts. Letting the money come in and feeling good about saving it and seeing a balance. That's that's my love, right? Yes, Yes. my love language. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. The downside of guarded mood is sometimes it's hard to invest in yourself, letting go of the money, Mm -hmm. Um, understanding that investing into your business is going to help you grow. And so that's the shift where you have to that. Mm -hmm. You have the dreamy mood, which I mentioned, Mm -hmm. nice things, likes to have things, likes to live lavishly, and let that be a status symbol of the things that you own. Dreamy, sometimes you pull back the curtain, however, and see there's high interest credit card debt. There's poor decisions there and and lacking in the savings category. Okay. Okay. Passive. I'll give you the visual. Ostrich with the head in the sand. Don't want to talk about, and I want to avoid it at all costs. Talking about it just creates discomfort. And honestly, there's no education around what I have, what I should do, and lack of wanting to Mm -hmm. actually learn about it. That's the passive mood. Spontaneous. Think of super fun and always willing to go out and do something on a whim. They're your fun friends who says, come on, let's go on a trip this weekend. Typically, will carry the higher debt amounts as well. Makes great money, but spends a lot of money as well, right? That gotcha. gets into that habit. And then, lastly, is the generous mood. The generous mood always sees someone else needs the money more than they do. So, typically, that's the giver. They're going to be mm-hmm. giving away the money and, and self sacrificing a little more than they should in 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 some instances. But, ironically. That's the mood I pull in quite frequently into the conversation is to recognize we all should be a little more generous with our time, our love, sometimes our money. I totally agree. Yes. And that's the one mood that I feel very connected to that needs to be in the conversation more.
0: That is so cool. So there, let me see the guarded, the dreamer the what's the party one the fun the spontaneous Spontaneous. and I know and the generous one and what what which one am I missing passive passive yes Mm -hmm. don't be passive be (laughs) assertive (laughs) and you know what I will add I will give you my two cents I'm bringing up delicate topics it's just to ask questions Mm -hmm. what do you think about it How do you think, you know, what do you think is a good plan? And and whatever the topic is, whatever the elephant or rhinoceros or, you know, big bear in the room is, ask people what they think about it and you crack the ice. And I think once you crack the ice, you can have a conversation and that's so much better, so much healthier and confidence building for everybody involved. So this Mm -hmm. is this conversation. Okay. Okay. You guys listening, you have the opportunity here to become so much more financially savvy, as well as communicate better. Like, how is this free? I don't know. So we <laughs> we are we are running out of time, Jenny. I want you know if you have been in sales and you're t- and you're talk about money, which nobody wants to talk about. They don't want to tell. Even if I'm a big spender, I certainly don't want to tell you that. What is your approach to communication, and Nate? What are the practices, because I think that good communication is really about practices. It's not about personality. What would you suggest to our highly intelligent, a little bit technical, a little bit highly conscientious, you know, loves doing the work, solving the problems, diving into strategy, not so much talking about it?
1: Put yourself in different situations and different environments. I think what I've seen with Money Moods, I put the ladies that I work with in different rooms. I will do a workshop in a certain format. I will do a casual setting around a table. I will do a evening together around couches and a TV. And each time I see different women in different environments, I see them change. And so I think we, it's amazing how we drop those barriers. And when you meet new people, right? Sometimes you have your, this is a new person. They don't know anything about me. I'm going to present myself this way. Right. And then as you get to know someone, then you might kind of relax your shoulders a little more and be a little more forthcoming in the conversation. I will admit my tendency sometimes is to wallpaper or Mm -hmm. to wallflower, be the wallpaper (laughs) and just kind of I want to observe a little bit before I dive into a new, new audience. And then, you you know, the people that are the loudest in the room that can just Mm -hmm. walk in and take charge. And all of those personalities are beautiful in different ways, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but being a communicator, putting myself in those different environments and seeing other people do the same thing. I'm so much more aware of, of communication, when to bring up that topic, when, body language is telling you, this is not the time to do it. Or this, there's something there. Like early in my career, I would see the husband and wife in the meeting and her shifting in her chair, Mm. crossing the feet and just wanting to say something, but not feeling like that's the place to do it. And then when I would step in and have Mm -hmm. her talk to me for signatures or whatnot, Then I got the earful. I'm not sure. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. <laughs> Which wow. is why I have connected so much better with women, because mm-hmm. I think that conversation about, about money comes easier when you're talking to woman on woman.
0: Yeah, I think so. That that is mm-hmm. so interesting. And and what you're saying mm-hmm. about the setting of where the conversation yes. takes place, that's something for everybody to think about. And if mm-hmm. I don't remember the episode number, but Fred Dust wrote a book about communication and he does a lot of work with nonprofits and he talked about the setting for example if we're in a courtroom even if there's no trial going on everybody's going to tend to be quieter and buttoned up whereas if you're in a living room and there's mm-hmm. flowers you know so, so it is interesting to think think about the setting that, you know, what can you control? What can you not control? But that, that's an interesting variable that we don't usually think about with communication. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think that's an opportunity there. So Jenny, we're getting close to the end. So I want you to, I'm going to ask you some quick questions that don't have anything to do with communication, just to get to know you a little bit better. And then I want you to tell everybody. How they can find out more about money moods and see if they're also, you know, what their mood is. If you have soy sauce little packets that are perfectly good (laughs) in your kitchen, you might be guarded, but no judgment. I think it represents a great character. Mm, So, definitely. (laughs) So, Jenny, where did you go on your last vacation?
1: We went to Kentucky and did the Bourbon Trail for my husband's 50th birthday and our 10-year wedding anniversary, and it was quite stunning. Kentucky's beautiful. got to see the distilleries, and that was lovely, but just really enjoyed that vacation. Nice week-long traveling across Kentucky.
0: Who knew? And that was what time of the year? October. Oh, nice. It was gorgeous. nice. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, we had... A recent guest was the cheerful baker Lauren. Uh, she's from Kentucky. Sounds—I mean, I've only driven through it on the way to Ohio, but it sounds sounds like a s- lovely state. Everybody says that it's beautiful. Mm-hmm, okay, mm-hmm. favorite dessert. Oh, I'm always a chocolate fan. So if there's a chocolate tort,
1: chocolate cake, chocolate brownie, anything chocolate, that's probably what I'm gonna gonna pick.
0: Dark or milk? Mm, I'm a dark fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, for mm-hmm. me, for me, a Linton exercise is eating milk chocolate for <laughs> <better>. <laughs> instead of dark. There you go. <laughs> I don't know how impressed God is with my sacrifice, but you know, <laughs> we do what we can. Is there like a movie or a book or a podcast other than this one, of course, that you would recommend something that you enjoyed recently you could share with us?
1: Let's see. Atomic Habits was a great book. I'm drawing a blank on the author. It's okay. Yes. Atomic Habits was eye-opening in the, the technical side of habit tracking and how to habit build and how to understand and translate your habits into making a shift. Mm-hmm. It was very paralleled with the money moods. And so I learned a lot from that book. I love the technical side of that to do the analysis of okay. behaviors.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Well, yes, I've heard lots of good things about it. I need to read mm-hmm. it myself. I haven't read it. And how would you describe your style? I mean, I see you you have very attractive wallpaper in the back of your room there, but you know, if we were just, if you were just to describe what is Jenny's style, how would you describe that? Relaxed.
1: I have never fit the mold of the typical close your eyes and what do you see in a financial advisor, the suit and the tie. I'm not that advisor. I prefer to wear flip-flops and yoga pants. If I can, I can put myself together appropriately as needed. But for the most part, I feel like that really takes the conversation to where it needs to be on the um, habit-forming basis basis being casual and understanding that it doesn't always have to be so formal.
0: Yes. I can personally attest that I've never seen Jenny in a suit. And no. one, more qu- one more question. Do you collect anything? Mm. You know,
1: $2 bills. Oh. My grandfather started this trend when I was young. He was the local store owner in a small town. So gas, grocery, bait and tackle whatever it is that you needed, hardware too. So I grew up in a convenience store and he would pay with a $2 bill if we would help break leaves or pick something up. We were kind of the community kids around. So these $2 bills have accumulated. It's quite astonishing now. And now he's passing that trend to my son, who's now 14. Oh, that's And sweet. he has a stack of, $20, of $2 bills, just like my stack. And for some reason, we just can't spend them. So we're holding on to them. There's that guarded money (laughs) mood kicking in. But we put them all together because recently they were talking about some older $2 bills that were worth so much, I think $1,400 for a $2 bill from 18 something. So we put put them all together to to figure out if we had them.
0: And it's quite astonishing how many $2 bills we have. Wow. So if you have one like from 19, I don't know, 80, is that worth anything more than $2? Would you guess? like like, likely not but probably not only from 1800s okay everybody check your wallet do you have a two (laughs) dollar bill from 1888 all right so jenny tell us where can we learn more about money moods or if somebody wants to talk to a relaxed but highly approachable and, and and skilled money person how would they get in touch with you Travel to my website at moneymoods.us.
1: Take the Money Moods quiz. My calendar link is there on my website. If you'd like to s- schedule a 10-minute money chat just to have an easy start of a conversation, that'd be a great place to, to reach me there.
0: All right. So that's Money Moods, plural, right? Yes. .us. Okay. We'll put that in the show notes. And this says, I feel so much more financially savvy. I feel like I have a great money mood because I am saving things and holding on to them because you never know. <laughs> you might need it. And that makes me feel confident so that I'm able to help my clients succeed. So I will say that it's a good mood for me, but maybe yes. I could be more generous or I don't know about spontaneous. Just, <laughs> I like to plan. Don't surprise me. Good, right, everybody. Have a great day, morning, afternoon, and we will catch you on the next episode. Stay tuned. Bye bye.